the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Investing. Extended warranties. Uh, stock market. Overall markets. Um, talk about generating income in retirement, which is going to be a seminar that I do Thursday evening with CFP Chad Burton. Want to learn more about the Burlingame seminar about income and retirement? Check out robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. We could talk about Britain heading for Brexit. Will they head out of the European Union or not? How much drama will there be if they do? It appears that a lot of people are questioning whoa. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. One of the big stories of today is retail sales. Uh, we're watching jobs. We're watching retail sales. We're watching auto sales, home sales, um, interest rates at the Federal Reserve from appliances to electronics. Um, we're looking at it all. The Federal Reserve may signal slower hikes. And stay mum on the month of July as they start a two-day meeting today. Um, and information will start to come out later tomorrow about, you know, what their plans are. Uh, of course, they want to keep their options open. That's the way they play this game. I don't think they want to touch the timing aspect of it. Um, as too many, you know, she loves me, she loves me not kind of scenarios start to play in and out and people start to get a little bit weirded out on that whole thing. So markets are a little bit lower today. Not by much. The S&P 500 is slightly lower. The Dow is slightly lower. The NASDAQ is slightly higher. Um, there's a big spike in volatility right now. The VIX is investors are scurrying for some downside protection. Um, the VIX surged 23% on Monday, and it's now up 48% for the month. 
I think a lot of the VIX and the volatility index tells you that there's a little bit of nervousness on the timing around the increased angst of the Brexit vote on June 23rd, which, if you look at your calendars, is nine days away, roughly. Uh, when there's terrorism like there was in Orlando, a lot of people are, you know, get nervous, and uh, the odds of the Brexit went up. Uh, some people are going to say, you know, every country needs to seal their borders. That's, I think, that's the thought. That's not my thought, but I think that's the thought when you see something like that. That's pretty common. Um, there's other concerns pertaining to the implications of the flight to safety and government bonds, which today drove the German boon to yield negative for the first time in its history. You could actually buy a German bond and get a negative return, but you'll get most of your money back, just a negative return on it. It's a, it's a, that's like a say what sound effect. You could buy a bond and get nothing in return. Say what? There you go. <clears throat> um, the UK guilt, uh, it's plunged down to 1.1%. So again, respondents are thinking, vote in favor of leaving the EU. Uh, so that they can do more to hide themselves from the European Union. So the latest YouGov poll out of London showed the Leave vote ahead 46% to 39%. So there's some holes that that will create in market psychology. And that will kind of like get into people's head on the expected fallout and the successful Leave vote. Um, and what that will do with monetary policy actions going forward. Just demon unknown. Headlines um, on retail sales today are somewhat encouraging. Retail sales increased one half of 1%. Uh, retail sales excluding autos increased four tenths of a percent. There were no revisions to the prior month, which was the strongest monthly gain since March 2015. A lot of the pockets of weakness were sales at building materials, garden equipment, supply dealers. Um, department stores were weaker, which it's every, almost every day we're doing a story about how great Amazon and Amazon Prime is doing. So it's not a surprise that it's taking from somewhere. Gas stations worked about 2.1% higher in sales, but wasn't that probably because of the cheap driving gas season as well as prices have gone up recently in gasoline? So, sporting goods stores did well, music stores did well, music stores, like, what? How is that even possible? Um, if you exclude auto, gas, and building equipment, uh, retail sales were up four-tenths of a percent. So, this is a favorable development for the second quarter GDP, and it's overall solid for the uh, economy. Core retail sales are important to take a look at, not like... I don't, if I could do this job for you, I would, and that's kind of why I'm doing it. Um, not a lot of happiness and joy in your life is going to be reporting on retail sales. So maybe, you know, getting a woman to say yes to a ring and maybe starting a family, um, retiring, starting a business. Those are things that are going to make you happy, not re core retail sales. So a lot of price trends are starting to move in the Fed's preferred direction. Uh, 
with sales, with imports, with inflation. Um, but we had such a wonky jobs report the first Friday of the month that it's not expected the Fed's going to do anything this time. So the risk aversion trade has yet to be upended by the headlines, um, economic headlines, or the action in the stock market itself is showing a little bit of funk. So 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Money, investing, and more. I do have an event coming up Thursday in Burlingame. Uh, running out of space, so you need to sign up soon. I'm not going to put pressure on you. The 10 Pillars of Retirement Income Planning Seminar, Doubletree by Hilton in Burlingame. Uh, CFP Chad Burton will be there talking 10 Pillars of Retirement Income Planning, which accounts draw from in retirement, what you can do to maximize Social Security, how to reduce the risk of outliving your savings. I'll be there going over some current stock holdings uh, on you know what should be bought, what should be held, what should be sold. Uh, Michelle Lerman will be there to explain how to update your estate plan in 2016. You can find out more information at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, robblackshow.com is the easiest way to find me. Um, Electronic Arts did something kind of wonky, kind of crazy. They announced a million dollar prize for gamers. So they're trying to get people to, I guess, play esports. If we could turn esports into sports and get someone like ESPN to cover sports that are video games, does that sound, does that sound wrong? Kind of does, right? A million dollar prize. It's not quite Andrew Luck contract material, but uh, are we going that direction? If you ever watched dystopian future movies, uh, it seems like we might. Anyhow and anyway, you can find me at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Big event coming up Thursday in Berlin Game. Sign up at robblackshow.com. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. If you've not heard, there's going to be a big event Thursday night, the 10 Pillars of Retirement Income Planning Seminar in Burlingame at the Doubletree Hotel. You can learn more by going to newfocusfinancial.com. It's newfocusfinancial.com. It's all about income in retirement. Joining me now to... Plug it and talk a little bit more. CFP Chad Burton, how are you, Mr. Burton? Doing well. So let's talk about portfolio rebalancing. Well, let's first and all talk about portfolio balance. Um, how do you set up a balanced portfolio in retirement? What's the basic idea? And then let's talk about rebalancing. Sure, yeah. Well, a balanced portfolio in retirement, typically I like to separate my three years worth of portfolio draws, which takes some careful planning to determine what that is. And I set that aside in, in a safe money cash, usually about six months of 
of that in your checking account. Maybe, you know, a year in a one-year CD and the rest just an FDIC-insured money market that you can, you know, find at bankrate.com, like Capital One 360, some of those online FDIC-insured banks, just super safe money. And then the rest, um, usually a good mix is about 65% growth, 35% defensive. That's about as most aggressive as you would probably want to be in retirement. Um, some people have a ton of money and they can afford to be as aggressive as they want because they they're not even living off of all their dividends. So it's what's right for you. It's the same thing as when you're trying to set up a portfolio for when you're younger. A lot of 20, 30-year-olds probably don't need bonds unless they're super conservative and risk-averse. But for those people, they can go online to their 401k and take some of the you know risk-tolerance tests and typically it'll spit out a pie chart that you can follow and begin your path to investing. So when we're talking about rebalancing, how often are you rebalancing in retirement? Well, in retirement, you're looking at it on a quarterly basis, but I break rebalancing into four different phases of life because there's really, there's really distinct phases because you have the accumulation phase. That's the 20, 30, 40 year old that is accumulating assets. They're constantly funding their 401k. And you can set up quarterly rebalancing. You can set up annually rebalancing. Another way to look at it that I kind of prefer because it it gets people to pay attention to what they own. And a lot of people go years without even looking at the funds in their 401k. And when you're in the accumulation phase, so we're talking, you know, under $500,000, you're constantly putting money away in your retirement and you first have to set an investment policy for yourself, and that determines how much you have in large cap, small cap, cap, international emerging markets, and bonds. And once you have that, and again, you can use your 401k website to typically come up with a pie chart. If not, you need a financial advisor to help you with that. And you go through times where you say, okay, I started with, say, 30% in large cap, and now I'm at 33% in large cap. I've gone above a 10% drift of my normal allocation, but yet my small cap in my emerging markets is low, so I might change my contributions in the accumulation phase to start buying what I'm under weight in. Rather than selling and rebalancing, you can use your contributions to buy what you're under weight in, and it's a way to fix it during the accumulation phase. In the wealth management phase, that's when you're over half a million dollars, and it becomes risk management. And that's when getting overweight in a certain asset class or sector especially a specific individual stock. Like remember when LinkedIn, it's high now, but remember when it fell 40% or so in a day, a matter of days, Mm -hmm. that's when you really have to be careful and sell what's overweight and turn around and buy what's underweight. So it's an active sell and then buy strategy versus using the contributions in the accumulation phase. But then Rob, there's what we talk about a lot at these retirement events is this kind of a home stretch phase of life where, you know, you're, you know, 10 years from retirement, but really it's the five-year mark from retirement where you have to really change your thinking to of building an accumulation portfolio to a distribution phase portfolio. And you have to come up with a plan to create that three years worth of expenses and cash of, of portfolio draws and cash. So if you figure out you, you, that 10 years out, that's when you really need a detailed financial plan. Because when you're in this home stretch phase and you get overweight in a certain asset class, like large cap, small cap, mid cap, whatever, 
you also have to not only trim to keep your stock exposure to a certain level, your risk to a certain level, but you have to create some cash. And so you might be selling just to create, you might be trimming, taking the house money off the table and slowly creating that three-year worth of portfolio draw cash reserve over a period of time. And that's really important because that'll get you through, you know, get your portfolio prepared to get through good markets and bad markets. And then in retirement, that's the final phase. In retirement, once you've, you've already created that three years worth of portfolio draws and cash, and then you're looking at it on a quarterly basis, you're always spending money. So every quarter when the market's up, you're looking to trim the portfolio, bring your cash up to the right level. When the quarter's down or negative, you don't do anything. You just continue to take your dividends and interest. So in retirement, it's a quarterly review of the portfolio. How much did you spend in your cash? How much gains do you have? Peel up enough gains to replenish that cash. Sounds about right. Now, you're going to be at the event Thursday night, the 10 Pillars of Retirement Income at the Doubletree by Hilton, talking about these topics and much, much more. People can sign up at newfocusfinancial.com. Time is running out, uh, both on this segment as well as to sign up for the event. Um, Speaking of retirement, what do people do for insurance if they retire early? Because a lot of people do want to retire early, but the workplace gives us great, great health care. Yep. Yeah. And if you retire early, you're pretty much on your own. And for a while, that was a big problem in California. Now, the um, one thing that you could say about the Affordable Care Act or Obamacare is that people that had some health issues that are retiring before 65, which is the age that you get on Medicare, you have options for insurance now. But um, Medicare doesn't kick in until 65. You got to make sure you start the process of signing up for Medicare at least three months before your 65th birthday because it takes some time figure out what the right plan is for you. But let's say you retire at 60. So for five years, you're on your own. And this is another reason why Social Security taking it early could be a big mistake because even if your income is low enough to where your Social Security is not being taxed, non-taxable Social Security income can count towards the Affordable Care Act or the Obamacare income limit, where um, basically you can get tax credits for your your health insurance for your Affordable Care Act plan. So it's just another reason to look at making sure that you take Social Security in the right way. Retiring early doesn't mean you take Social Security early. You might let it sit until you're at least 66, if not 70, Um, not only to get a good bang for your buck and get some growth out of that, but also to get as much as you can out of the Affordable Care Act until it changes. Sounds good. It's CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. You can meet him uh, Thursday, Thursday evening at the Doubletree by Hilton in Burlingame, 10 Pillars of Retirement Income Planning Seminar. You have to sign up soon. Time is running out. Um, talking about you know accounts to draw from in retirement, stocks to pick in retirement, Social Security benefits. Uh, Try not to outlive your savings. We'll have plans and ideas on that. You can sign up for the event at newfocusfinancial.com. Listen to his show uh, Mondays and Tuesdays at 2 p.m. here on KDOW AM 1220. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. Joining me now, Patrick O'Hare from briefing.com. 
Mr. O'Hare, all eyes appear to be on Britain in the Brexit vote coming up. A little bit on Janet Yellen, a little bit on record highs or no record highs. What are your eyes on? Uh, all of the above, and, you know, and then okay. some, I guess. You know, you've got some, uh, you have central bank meetings this week that obviously feature the Fed, as you allude to, and you have a Bank of Japan meeting uh, as well as a Bank of England meeting uh, this week. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you know, the market is, I think, it is effectively, you know, stuck in a range here. Um, you know, we ran right up to the, um, um, close to the all-time high, you know, not that long ago, and we just couldn't take it out. And I think that you saw some technical selling uh, accelerate somewhat off of a uh, fundamental driver, which was that weak employment report for May that just sort of forced everyone to kind of take a step back and say, you know, um, maybe we're getting ahead of ourselves here, you know, with a market that was seemingly going up day after day without any selling interest or any conviction on the part of sellers at all. And so um, now the market seems to have reoriented itself toward these uh, sources of uncertainty, uh, the Brexit vote being, you know, key among them. Uh, and it's just raining in, you know, risk right now. It's, a, it's trading in a very risk-averse manner. And certainly taking notice of the continued drop in sovereign bond yields uh, around the globe. So the whole Brexit vote, why should our listeners care? Like, what's yeah. at stake if Britain does escape the EU? What's it mm. telling us? Well, you know, economically, uh, the, the, the issue should not be that large. I mean, it would be almost negligible for the United States if, if the U.K., uh, elects to leave the the European Union. I mean, the trade relationship there just isn't doesn't just isn't strong enough there for it to really register economically uh, for the U.S. directly. Uh, what investors could be fearful of, though, is uh, is the uncertainty that it will kick up because a decision to leave the the EU on the part of the U.K. Uh, could create a a domino effect in a way. Uh, it could could drive some momentum be in, in other countries within the European Union to also force similar referendums that, uh, you know, ultimately could, could, you know, challenge the European Union uh, overall. And so that would obviously create a great deal of uncertainty in that key economic region, which would have some spillover effects. But um, so I think, you know, you're seeing that when these polls come out now, which continue to uh, indicate that the the quote leave vote seems to be gaining some momentum here and has actually taken a um, a lead in a number of polls ahead of that uh, remain vote. Uh, so it's just getting it has people on edge, has market participants on edge here uh, going into June 23rd because um, uh, it you know could be a very disruptive event or it could be another one of those uh, ideas where you know we don't see the worst case scenario unfold and therefore you get a, a huge relief rally on it. So, uh, but right now, based on the polling information uh, and seeing that the S&P 500 was sitting near an all-time high, uh, there was a move to scale back some of the risk and to, uh, to kind of sit here and, and wait to see how some of these things unfold. So we get retail sales today, and they look pretty good. The employment numbers were a little bit weaker to start the month, but nothing dramatic. Auto sales look pretty good. There's, there's no, I'm not seeing any red flags in the U.S. economy. What am I missing? Where is the red flags? What, what's negative coming down the road? Yeah, uh, 
Well, you know, you make some good points, Rob. I mean, the um, second quarter GDP is is tracking relatively well. Certainly, we're coming off of really uh, a low uh, first quarter, but you know, it should be up probably in the neighborhood of two and a half percent GDP growth um, uh, in the second quarter, which will be nice to see. Um, you know, and I, I just think that the market is somewhat captivated with uh, with the flattening of the yield curve. Um, now, there's there's some other dynamics in play there that we think are, are driving the you know long-term rates down, but with the flattening of the yield curve and the damage it does to net interest margins at banks and uh, and basically impeding their willingness to, to lend, I think, uh, there's worries that uh, it could be a, uh, a harbinger of a weaker economic period ahead, you know, maybe six months down the road. And so, um, so you're getting those concerns creep in, not so much uh, they don't relate to what's going on in the here and now as they do to what might come down the pipe, particularly if you've got also a whole lot of uncertainty that gets kicked up in the event that the U.K. decides to leave the EU, uh, the Fed somehow still decides at its July meeting, not this week's meeting, but at its July meeting to go ahead and, and raise the Fed funds rate. Um, you know, there's just worries about policy error. There's worries about ineffectiveness of monetary policy. Um, and, and that's what's sort of just showing up here in the, in the tape lately, which is remarkable because, you know, two weeks ago, I think we were talking, and I was probably saying the exact opposite in terms of what was going on in the market. You know, the market was looking forward to a second-half earnings rebound, a second-half economic rebound, and uh, and lo and behold, given its wishy-washy nature here, uh, it's right back to thinking a lot of uh, bad things right now and just uh, constrained within that trading range it's been stuck in, uh, you know, since uh, since the early spring. So we kind of got a summertime blog going. When do we get out of this negative, not negative, but uh, sideways action? Is that fair to say? Yeah. You know, we, uh, again, not to belabor this point, we have to get past this Brexit vote and see what happens there. Okay. Um, and I think we need to get into that, uh, into the second quarter earnings reporting period. Uh, that'll start to kick up around mid-July. And if we start hearing better things from corporate America as it relates to the earnings outlook and, you know, maybe some of that's tied to, you know, the recent weakening we've seen in the dollar. Um, you know, the, the U.S. could, uh, you, know, you could see some, some better upside action here. And, um, and then you might fall back into that, uh, to that trade that, you know, the U.S. Is, is not a, you know, perfect economic environment right now, but, you know, relative to many other parts of the world, it's still looking, you know, a lot better. Uh, and that could, could eventually, you know, come back to, to benefit um, U.S. indices here. Um, but, you know, w- with what's going on with monetary policy and, and some of the signaling from the Federal Reserve, um, the next uh, FOMC meeting in July is also going to be, you know, held right around the time that the second quarter earnings reporting period, you know, k- kicks into to high gear. And so I think if we get past those events uh, somewhat unscathed with the market comfortable with what the Fed is saying and doing and what it's hearing from corporate America, um, then, you know, we could see something better. But uh, otherwise, we probably are kind of stuck in this this roller coaster action here until we get some clearance. So I'm speaking with Patrick O'Hare with Briefing.com. I start my morning every day checking out his page one. At the end of the week, the Friday, the big picture that you put together, 
it's kind of a nice way to close out the week. What are you working on right now, Mr. O'Hare, that we need to be aware of? Or we yeah, should what be I'm, gonna be, I'm working on currently is uh, I'll be updating our market view. We do that on a quarterly basis. Um, you know, my market view entering the year was essentially that we, you know, investors should, should brace themselves for, you know, a pretty low return environment this year. I uh, wasn't all that excited by, um, uh, you know, market valuation, what I've seen with earnings estimate trends, uh, and as well with what was going on certainly in the first quarter uh, with respect to economic activity. And so I'm going to take a step back here again and, and sort of, you know, rethink that view uh, based on what, you know, we've got going on right now and how it might all shake out, you know, as we look into the second half of the year. And so I'll be having a, um, I'll be posting an update to that market view on Friday. Thanks very much. It's Mr. Patrick O'Hare with briefing.com. You can find him online at briefing.com. Don't be shy about checking out their site. I find it incredibly informative and insightful and uh, quite honestly to the point. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's college graduation time, so we'll start seeing some college graduates uh, pack up their dorm and move home and start figuring out internships and focusing on finding jobs. Uh, one of the most important things in this process, I think, is to have a plan. Grads without an employment plan kind of start to feel some pressure. Um, so... Take off your cap and gown and come up with a plan. So um, I think it's pretty important to get out there and kind of like hit the street. Uh, there's a lot of what's referred to as a recruiting season that's already happened in the spring. So just because you got left out of a company's plans, then circle back. Maybe they have another opening that's come on down the road. Um, apps were... Pretty much so updated yesterday. Apple's development conference, uh, developers conference. A lot of people were like ho-hum about it. I think there were some cute things released, but nothing that was game-shaking, nothing that was <clears throat> mind-shattering. So um, a lot of people uh, uh, walked away from that a little disappointed. On top of it, Microsoft seemed to have the bombshell yesterday, right? So buying LinkedIn, someone was short LinkedIn, lost a lot of money. So um, <clears throat> someone bought over 600 call options or a contract to buy 60,000 shares of LinkedIn, 460. Uh, Microsoft had just said that it would pay $196 for those shares, given that LinkedIn shares were trading near 130 on Friday. Those options were cheap. Looking at this as a directional bet on LinkedIn shares going higher, um, someone won big and someone lost huge. So anyhow, uh, the SEC is looking into that. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Find me online at, at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show. Don't forget, big event coming up Thursday evening uh, tied towards uh, income and retirement. You can find out more about the Burlingame event at robblackshow.com. Call Rob Black now, 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back again, Rob Black and your money. Don't forget, we've got a big event coming up Thursday, this Thursday, 
in Burlingame. Five bucks to get in. Teach you all about income and retirement. You can find out more at um, robblackshow.com. Let's go to Nichette in Fremont. Yeah, I got a question. Uh, so I was looking to add a life insurance policy uh, for myself uh, to protect my okay. to, to for emergency. Now I work for a company that has a group life insurance policy. So sure. I wanted to know uh, what is the difference between if I take that versus an individual term life insurance uh, that I can buy outside in the marketplace. Yeah, sometimes the the group life insurance is only up to like one million dollars. So you have to find out what the variables are. The bigger the company you work with, probably the more options they have for life insurance to be bought through them. Um, typically a very good idea to do it or to look at least at the prices and then uh, compare it to term life insurance. Um, I know that there's a company that I spoke to last year, Visa. They offered great life insurance if you buy it with the company. Um, better than you could probably get in the individual market, but that doesn't mean you should not look at the individual market as well. So uh, just see if there's any caps on it, and uh, it's typically a pretty good idea to start with a group. And uh, if that doesn't cover enough, you know, you want 10 times your salary for your family uh, to start with, um, then look for an individual policy to complement it, to supplement it, so, so to speak. Okay. So okay. thanks for the call. All right. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Group life insurance is life insurance typically offered by an employer um, or a labor union, so to its workers and or its members by purchasing coverage through a provider at a wholesale basis for its members to coverage cost each individual, much less than if you can do an individual policy. Um, so it's not a bad idea. You just got to kind of read the details in your HR packet of... <clears throat> you know, the details. <laughs> so, you know, you got to read the details about the, you know, the details. Oh, good God. Uh, music industry is something I've been looking at recently. Um, artists, labels, music services, they continue to lament the fact right now that free streaming subscribers are converting to the paid tier, yet the possible incentive to get those free tier customers to upgrade is being ignored by the different players along the product pipeline. Um, Napster changed the music world, and since then, I would say the music world has kind of made a mistake after mistake after mistake on a regular basis of uh, how to play the game or how to get in and not just have the artist tour incessantly to uh, play, so to speak, to get paid. Not this um, record! Not this record! Not this record! Superstar albums continue to be released without the industry taking advantage of the considerable leverage that they bring to fans, which to me is a missed opportunity. What would be the perfect reason to upgrade? How about the ability to access the latest album of Radiohead or Drake or Kanye or Beyonce or Dell, Taylor Swift, other superstar artists? By making the new hot album available only for streaming services paid tier, there's a reason for consumers to buy in. Um... And you've seen this with subscribers jumping on Tidal when Beyonce and Kanye released there. So it'd be better if a major release was available on every streaming platform for anywhere for two to six weeks before it migrates to the free tier. So even an exclusive on a single on-demand platform like Spotify would work as long as it was only available on the paid tier. So 
it's an industry that just quite isn't getting it right. And yesterday, Microsoft's big purchase of LinkedIn probably helped Pandora enormously. Some people think Yelp obviously will get a play in it, uh, the sandbox as well. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Apple Music redesigned their page or their app. They're up to 15 million paying subscribers. Um, that's still well behind Spotify's 30 million, but it's helpful that the recent downward trend in the pace of user growth is, is now on an uptrend. Um, <clears throat> Apple's music initial launch, the amount of subscribers it was adding every day had been trending down. That seems to have changed since April, and it could be tied towards the redesign of Apple Music. It's big, bold black text, white backgrounds. It's got larger album art. Uh, it's been redesigned for easier navigation in the music library. A recently added section will show new music. A new section called Download Music will hold all music purchased by users. Um, lyrics will show up while songs are playing. The new tab will be dropped and replaced with a Browse tab designed to make it easier to find new music. Um, they're trying to figure out 3D touch functionality to make it easier to preview tracks. The widely panned Connect function has been added under For You, so it's been moved. You get the idea. That's one oh, thing Robert, that Apple does I think well. You just killed my favorite song of all time. Apple does a really nice job of uh, refining products, not always coming out with the best hardware the first time around. Speaking of which, um, yesterday they had the big web developers conference, and a couple things that I like about the new software coming out of the fall is you can see voicemails before you listen to them, so you can have it. It'll be a, on a transcript, which I think is kind of nice. So you don't have to listen to a 60-second boring message that someone's rambling on. Uh, you can text people money. Emojis are getting three times bigger. Uh, if there's a word that can be turned into an emoji, it'll suggest it for you, which I find silly. Uh, just little refinements. A lot of people are disappointed with that. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. You can find me at Rob Black Show. I'm going to be in Burlingame this Thursday evening, 6.30 to 9. You can sign up for the event, Income and Retirement Planning, at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. Views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 